Welcome to another edition of Hawk Off the Press after the final score, the final after the final score of 2022. Well, the final podcast of 2022, considering that we are recording this on New Year's Eve. I'm John Steppe, joined by the one and only Mike Hoss. After Iowa's 21-0 win in the trans-perfect Music City Bowl over Kentucky. And it wasn't necessarily the most conventional way to win 21-0. But really throughout that game, after that second quarter, Iowa was really in firm control of that one. Yeah, yeah, the first quarter lived down to everybody's expectations of... I mean, it looked like this was going to be a really brutal game all the way around. It was a brutal game for Kentucky, obviously, but Iowa played a, a clean and dominant game and uh, has something to feel good about for the rest of the offseason. And really can't underscore enough the importance of defense in this game. Joe Labus did as well as you could probably ask for with a quarterback in a position that he was in. That's for sure. When you look at his stats, it's a pretty good stat line. You wouldn't think that it was his first career start. And the running game really didn't get much going. Really, it was the defense that was the big difference maker, outscoring the offense yet again this year. Yeah, they opened the season. out. The defense did outscoring the offense and finished the season the same way. The difference is instead of a couple of safeties and a kind of a gruesome-looking victory. This one was with two pick sixes and it was a thorough domination. I think the difference in the game really was one of them was the quarterbacks. I mean, yeah. Joe Labus didn't have a game that, you know, statistically was for the ages and he's, I don't think that he had more than a couple of throws that anybody would marvel at, but he played a clean game. He did everything they could have wanted from him. Yeah, uh, did not screw it up, and that doesn't sound like a compliment, but it is a compliment, because Dustin Wade, the Kentucky quarterback, and a, a freshman who, who like Labus had never taken a snap before in a college game, he comes in here, and and I thought he played like, you know, a freshman who'd never played a college game before. He made several mistakes, and against one of the best defenses in captivity. And, uh, I mean, the second pick six particularly was a, was a poor decision. And there were times when he should have thrown the ball away instead of get, gotten sacked. And we can name a lot of mistakes he made. Labuses were minimal. And that was a huge difference. Yeah, and it was a really interesting juxtaposition in the post-game press conferences. I So, first we got Kentucky, and I hear from... Mark Stoops and from Destin Wade and Mark Stoops is downplaying, okay, it's a guy's first game, difficult circumstances. You didn't really have to downplay Joe Labus's performance. You didn't have to excuse things because it was his first game. He did everything that you really would expect from somebody in his position after not getting really any, much of any first team or second team snaps during the year in practice, getting thrown into it than in these few weeks before the bowl game. Yeah, I mean, Iowa's first points were on an offensive drive. Uh, two plays, 42 yards. The first of the two plays, Sam Laporta made almost all of it himself. 
the second play was, what, 15 yards or 17 yards to, yeah. to Lachey. Put the ball where he had to get it to Lachey. Lachey did the rest. That's their only offensive points. Okay, nothing to write home about except <laughs> seven points was enormous. You know, <laughs> and 11 seconds later, they had seven more points. Because I can never say his last name right. Wampa? Wampa. Wampa. I'll, I'll get it by the time he's in the NFL. <laughs> but 11 seconds later, I don't remember the last time Iowa had two touchdowns within an 11-second span, and it certainly didn't happen this season. But uh, that was 11 seconds of left, right, and Kentucky's knocked out. And it started with, with the offense taking advantage of good field position. Uh, a, you know, an all-time great play by Sam Laporta on his touchdown, shedding six, maybe seven tackles. Uh, I mean, it was it was Rob Gronkowski stuff is what it was. Oh, yeah, and we heard from, there was a lot of news out of that Brian Ferentz press conference yesterday, but one of the things that maybe didn't get as much attention as it otherwise would is Brian Ferentz called... Sam Laporta as good, probably the best player that he's ever coached. And you think of the players that Brian Ferentz has coached. Like, you oh bring up Gronk. He was no. the tight ends coach in New England while Gronk was there. That's that's pretty good company to be in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and certainly he's had himself some players since he's been on the Iowa coaching staff. So that says a lot. It really does. Um I mean, my gosh, next year he's going to be in the NFL, and he'll he'll get there. He'll be right there with Kittle and Hawkinson and, and Fant. He'll get right there with those guys and uh, the legends of Iowa tight ends. You know, I'd like to be a wide receiver you or a quarterback you if I'm a football fan, but for a tight end you, Iowa's got a lot to hang its hat on. Yeah, and you look at it, the future... You saw on the kind of bang-bang of the 27-yard Laporta play that I think he said felt like 20 seconds or something because yeah. of just how crazy that was. Yeah, it was like going to a construction site and watching heavy machinery just slowly but surely, you know, take everything down in its path. <laughs> <laughs> that really is a great analogy. So you see that play, and then the next play you have Lachey. And you kind of see present and future. And, of course, you don't have Eric Hall. The closest thing to that presence today was the fan who already has the McNamara and all sweatshirts. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Lachey and all is going to be quite a tandem. And they're going to need it unless they get themselves some wide receivers because there's still a lot of transfer portal time left. But they better get it some receivers, and they know it. Yeah, and then... What they're not lacking is defensive backs. Two of the young ones, both with the pick sixes. Gene's season was ridiculous. Three pick sixes? How often has that happened? Uh, by anybody in college football. I mean, it has happened, but a handful of times. Uh, I, I would guess. Yeah. Uh, he, this kid had not started in college football till this year, and he returns, you know, three to the house. Uh, that's extraordinary. And on top of that, his pick six really might not have been the best thing he did all day. <laughs> his 34-yard punt return early in the game stops Iowa from being bottled up deep. 
And who knows what happens with the new quarterbacks if you start out at your own six-yard line. Instead, he has a great return, gets it out to the 40, and, and Labus has some comfortability. The whole team can breathe easier. Uh, it takes a, some wind out of the sails of Kentucky. And then, of course, on one of Taylor's too-many-to-count punts that were inside the 15-yard line, DeGene's down the field before everybody else and downs it at the two. Uh, those are that's those are winning plays. I mean, that's those aren't winning plays. That's that's those are championship plays. To, I mean, DeGene didn't have enough punt returns to qualify, but if he had his punt return average, I believe is is higher than the national leader. He just didn't have enough attempts to to, uh, to qualify for the national lead. But he must have had the national lead in. Punts downed inside the three-yard line. <laughs> I'd love to see that stat. Yeah. And yeah. the amazing... And Tory Taylor was unbelievable. I mean, we, we've seen him have great days before. But he puts four inside the nine, two others, in, you know, at the 15. What does that do to an opponent? It just kills it. It kills it. And you got a, a first-time quarterback who's got field position like that all day long. He's got no chance. Yeah, and the amazing thing with that 34-yard punt return is just how, for DeGene, was just how simple he made that look. He yeah. made that look easy. Everybody who's seen him play this year knows. You know it. Everybody out there listening to this who watched him knows it. He's different, and and that is in the most complimentary way I can use the word different. I mean, he's special. Mm-hmm. He's I, I don't know how much longer you're going to have him here. Don't worry about that and just enjoy the fact that he's going to be back for another season for sure. Uh, what can this guy do for encores? You know, I mean, Mr. Right Place, Right Time defensive back who is a special teams monster. It's it's really something to see. Especially when quarterback wasn't really the position that they wanted to play him this year. No, uh, but football players play. Yeah, you know, I mean, Laporta didn't come here as a as a died in the wool tight end. Look at him now; they're they're ball players. Jack Campbell, you know, it's happened so many times. It happens everywhere, but it happens at Iowa a lot. Where you know you you might not fit into this hole necessarily, but if you can play, they'll find a place where you do fit. Yeah. And the other thing, too, is Sebastian Castro is somebody who oh, yeah. stood out to me as I saw a lot of improvement. If you look back yeah. at the Nebraska tape, if you look back to those last probably four or so games of the regular season, and then you look at this game, that was probably one of the more drastic improvements, I think. Yeah, absolutely. He played a confident, smart game. Just his instincts seemed terrific. And then something to remember about that Nebraska game now in hindsight is, I mean, they weren't a whole team. Yeah. DeGene and Laporta, you need those two guys, you know. It, it's, it's pretty clear that that Nebraska game had reasons for the problems, and those were two of them. Oh, yeah, because you look at how important both of those players were today. That's today and all year, you know, just to just – Two wonderful players. And the common thing that you hear of some of these middle-tier games is, okay, how much does it matter? Well, at this point now, if you're going into the offseason, 
I think it gives a lot more confidence for Iowa when you're able to put together a convincing win like this to punctuate the season. Sure, it's always what's the last thing you remember. Uh, if you had, you know, that the, the game against Kentucky got away from them last year, and Kentucky earned it in uh, Orlando. Kentucky was just a little bit better. But it's something that you carry for the next eight months, is that was the last thing you remember is you lost. Well, what you carry here is not only you won, but you, you TCB'd. You took care of business. I mean, you went, you earned it. Every one of the three units was responsible. And there was nothing but on-field positivity to take away from it. So, yeah, it's it's this to me was... The, I, I was not at all surprised that Iowa won by double digits. I, I fully expected Iowa to win this game because I, I thought that Kentucky's quarterback was in an impossible situation mm-hmm. against a defense this good, really a no-win for him, and, and uh, I hope the guy has better days, and I think he will because he's he's got a lot of athleticism. Uh, he was in the wrong place, wrong time. And, and look, if Kentucky had its quarterback, Will Levis, this dude's going to be a first-round NFL draft pick. It would have been a different game. It just would have. But this is how college football bowl games are uh, in the year 2022. Uh, Iowa had its players who weren't here, via injury or opt-out. But Iowa was... Uh, the drop-off at quarterback was not nearly as pronounced for Iowa as it was for Kentucky. Yeah, if you look at the Iowa circumstances going into this game, they were without their first and second string quarterbacks because of injury in the portal. They were without Arlen Bruce, who is probably one of their most, or was, I should say, one of their most important wide receivers. They were without Kayvon Merriweather, who didn't have the most impressive stat line, but was really, when you look at him not giving up big plays was huh. probably one of the best. He's an NFL player. Yeah. yeah. So you look at it, the circumstances weren't necessarily ideal for Iowa here, but it was a convincing result. Well, they're not ideal for anybody in these bowl games. Uh, if, uh, if you look at the list of teams with opt-outs and uh, transfers, everybody's got long lists. What do you do with it? Do you just... Uh, you know, throw your arms up in the air in frustration, or do you just, or do you, you know, make the pieces that remain work in a short period of time? And this time, Iowa happened to make it work. And before we sign off, um, sending our thoughts and prayers to the family of Jack Campbell, who lost his grandfather last night in a car accident struck by a vehicle. Really heartbreaking thing on what otherwise was a good day for the Hawkeyes so keeping them in our prayers and until next time we will talk Hawks later get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast add it to your podcast player or your Alexa friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts